Thank you for tuning in today at Propel Church. Whether you're watching through YouTube or listening through a podcast, we want to say thank you. Our hope at Propel is that you would be propelled into an authentic relationship with Jesus. From wherever you are tuning in, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Man, well, guess what? It is Baptism Sunday. It's also Super Bowl Sunday, which is kind of ironic because here at Propel Church, we like to refer to our baptisms like the Christian Super Bowl. Why? Because we're going to get down today, y'all. We're going to have a good time in church. We believe God wants to do something incredible in here. And so uh, before I get kicked off with today's baptism message, I just want to share a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm married to an incredible woman named Brittany. She supports me. I love her very much. I'm very grateful for her. I have two kids, uh, Colton, he's five, and that little brother is wild. You probably see him running through the lobby later. He's crazy. I don't know where he gets it from. And then uh, Aaron, Aaron is nine, and man, Aaron is incredibly sweet and kind, and I'm so grateful for, for all of them. And before I jump into the message, I have one more thing that I'd like to do. Uh, I believe that honor is due where honor is due, and so uh, I want to talk a little bit about Pastor Nick and Tori and uh, six and a half years ago or so, give or take, they had this dream to plant this life-giving church in Mount Pleasant where people could encounter God and have a real working relationship with him. And all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, they came here and they did it. And we started portable and we're wheeling church in in the morning and wheeling it out in the afternoon. And now we're here to all this. And man, I was reading this scripture uh, a couple weeks ago and it was in Habakkuk chapter three. And this prophet, which is a man of God, he's, he's telling the truth. He's telling the promises of God. And he says, hey, God, even though all of these things are happening, he says like the barns are empty and the fields are dry. And he's talking about how they're in these horrible circumstances. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. And when I think about that kind of faith, I think about our pastor and his incredible wife. And so church, would you do me a favor? Would you help me celebrate how amazing they are? I love you guys so much. Thank you. All right, y'all, I'm gonna tell some stories today. We're gonna laugh. I'm kind of a goofball. And so uh, you can laugh in church, right? Church was meant to be enjoyed, not endured, right? And so uh, I'd like to first tell you a story about uh, my daughter, Erin. And so uh, sometimes, you know, there's, there's words that she will pick up from the down south, y'all. She will, she will pick up a little bit of the Southern slang from school. And so we will, uh, we will hear her say some things sometimes. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm from up north. So I'm like, what in the world did you just say? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means. And so the other day, Aaron was like, oh my gosh, dad, I watched this movie and it was so good. I literally died. And I was like, no, you literally didn't. That's not, that's not what that means. And so sometimes there's words like that, right? There's words that we, we use out of context, maybe because of society or because of culture or something has shifted that way. And she's not the only one. I use the word literally sometimes to over-exaggerate things. Yes, I'm prone to exaggeration like <laughs> most of us are. And that's not the only set of words I think about there, there, there. Come on, where's my grammar and punctuation people in here, right? They're out there reading their Bibles. Come on, somebody. That's using all three of them. We... We, uh, we see that sometimes too, people misuse or misunderstand how a word is supposed to be used. And I think that for some of us in here, that's how we've interpreted and seen baptism over the course of a lot of years. And so I want to start by telling you where the word baptism actually stems from. And the New Testament was actually written in Greek. And the Greek word used for baptism is called baptizo. And what this word simply means is to be immersed in something. That's why we believe here at Propel Church in water immersion baptism. That's why we immerse people in water. And Pastor Nick gives this incredible example of, of what it is 
uh, you think about a cucumber, right? You have a cucumber, you put it in a vinegar solution, and when it comes out of the vinegar solution, it's a pickle. So come on, y'all, if you're getting baptized today, you're getting pickled. Amen, everybody? <laughs> Don't worry, everything will be kosher. Come on. 9 a.m. laughed at my dad jokes. Y'all got to too, right? And so baptism, the first thing I want us to know is what, is what baptism isn't. I want us to understand in this experience just exactly what it is, why we do it, how we do it, who should take this really important next step. And the first thing I'd like you to know is that baptism isn't what saves you. Baptism isn't what saves you. We see this guy named Paul in the, in the Bible, and he wrote like most of the New Testament. So the New Testament starts in the book of Matthew, and this is as Jesus comes into the picture. And we see Paul, he's, he's writing to this church. He's writing a letter, and this church is the church of Ephesus. And Ephesus is a very similar culture, a very similar society to what we currently live in here. And man, that's why I really love God's word, because it's living. It never withers, it never fades. It's the truth. And man, we can, we can rely on it on all times. And what Paul is teaching on here is he's getting ready to write this letter to say, hey, there was a way that we used to do things, but now there's a new way of doing things. So let's pick it up right here in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. I love what Paul writes here because he's reminding us that we're not saved by any good works, including baptism, but only by grace through Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us, scripture teaches us that when you confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, that Jesus is Lord, that's when you enter into the kingdom. That's where salvation happens. It's not from any good works. And what Paul was teaching the people of Ephesus is, hey, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, we used to have to work for these things. We were enslaved and we had to work and give sacrifices and kill our first goats and lambs and all that crazy stuff we see in the Old Testament. But hey, things aren't that way anymore. Now we have Jesus. Now Jesus has atoned for our sins. We are justified by the cross. So if you and I decide that we're gonna follow Jesus and we accept him as our Lord and savior, that's it, you're in. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. And I say all that with baptism isn't what saves us, but baptism is still very important. It's a great next step that we should take as Christians. Why? It's because baptism is an incredible outward symbol. Baptism is an outward symbol. And I wrote it in my notes like this. It's an outward sign of a change that's already happened inside of our hearts. It's an inward work that manifests in an outward declaration. And here's what I say, what I mean when I say that word manifest. The word manifest just means it's apparent or it's clear, it's obvious. Y'all ever been to the mall? Come on, some of y'all go to Concord. I don't know why you go to Concord Mills, but you go to Concord Mills. <laughs> Or, or the Concord Mall, and you, you pull up in there and you see that there's these two lovebirds sitting on the bench, right? And you can tell it's new love, right? It's puppy love. They all pretzeled up all over each other. Hey, boo-boo, how you doing? Right, and you can see it. Why? Because there's something happening inside of them. And this is the outward declaration. This is what it looks like on the outside. I think about newlyweds, or, hang on, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Brothers, y'all know you got like this best friend. He's single. You guys hang out together all the time. Then all of a sudden he gets a girlfriend. And the first thing you notice is you don't see brother anymore, right? <laughs> all of a sudden he's gone. But when you do see him, especially if he's with his new girlfriend, there's something about him. You're just like, man, what is wrong? What is wrong with you, right? That's because there's something happening inside of him. It's changing him. And I also think about marriage. Marriage is this beautiful covenant commitment that we make. And we, a lot of us, most of us, all of us should be wearing a wedding ring if we're married, 
And what this wedding ring is, is not what married of us or got us married. This is not what makes us married, if I could talk this morning. What this wedding ring is, is a symbol that we belong to somebody. If I lose this wedding ring, then my wife might be a little upset with me, but it doesn't make us unmarried. We're still married, right? And so, amen. <laughs> and so baptism is just like that. It's a symbol that we belong to Jesus, that we've decided to follow him. It's an outward symbol. It's a, it's a wedding ring for our faith. We're saying, hey, we've made a decision to follow Jesus. And because of that, we wanna get baptized to show the world that we have made that decision. And the next point I have for you, for why we get baptized is baptism is the deed that expresses what we believe. Baptism is the deed that expresses what we believe. That sounds real preachy, doesn't it? I even rhymed words for y'all this morning. And so what I mean by that is that it's an act or an action of obedience. And where we see this at is actually the first time that baptism is mentioned in the Bible is in the book of Matthew. And uh, before we jump into chapter three, I want to give you a little bit of backstory. So there's this man named John and he's traveling the areas of the Jordan River and he's traveling this areas. And what he's doing is he's baptizing people. He's baptizing the Israelites. And these are the people of God. They're saved. They're God's people. And what he's doing is he's telling them, hey, let's get baptized as a symbol that the old is gone and the new has come. Like that, that we don't do these things this way anymore. We're not going to do things the way that everybody thinks we should do. And we're going to return to God or repent is what that means and do things this way. And while we're there, I think, I think repent is one of those super spiritual words sometimes that we get a little, you know, confused with, kind of like literally, right? And so repentance, really all that means is that you're turning away from sin and you're turning back to God, the Father who loves you. That's all it means is that you're just turning away from those things. And so John is traveling the Jordan River area and this is what he's doing. He's baptizing people. And so we'll pick up right here in Matthew chapter three, verses 13 and 15. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, hey, I need to baptize, be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. And Jesus answered him, allow for it now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John allowed him to be baptized. And right here, what I need us to know is where Jesus says that this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. He's not talking about any kind of requirement for salvation. What the word righteousness actually means is to do the right thing. So if sin is way over here on this side, then righteousness would be way over here on this side. And so what, what Jesus is saying is, hey, this is, this is what it looks like to be obedient to God. And Jesus is, well, he's Jesus. He didn't have to get baptized. What he's actually doing is he's showing you and I what it looks like to follow him. He's showing you and I what it looks like to be obedient to God and how to practice righteousness. And so he leads by that example. And we see that baptism is a step of faith. It's an action of obedience. I love what one person says. He says that, hey, I've just decided that if Jesus did it, then it's good enough for me. Amen, everybody. And so I've got one more ver or another verse for us. This is going to be Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. And the reason that this verse is so important, and it took me a long time to realize this, it'll be coming up here in a second, is that this is the last thing that Jesus leaves us with. This is the last thing that he says. And the reason that's so important, I think when I think about, uh, you know, I like to talk about my family a lot. I'm a family guy. When I leave the house, one of the things that I always do is I hug the kids and my wife and I tell them that I love them right. and kiss them goodbye. And why, why do I do that? Well, because last words are important. Yeah. The last thing that you say to somebody, if something ever happens to you or happens to them, you want them to remember 
that thing, right? I want them to know, hey, I, hey, I love you. I love you. It's the last thing that we leave people with. And this is the last thing that Jesus leaves us with. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, go and make disciples of all the nations and then go and what? Build churches? No. And that's a great thing. I, hey, I'm, I love church planting. I think we should build a thousand of them this year. I'm all for it. Great thing. Say, uh, go get a Jesus tat. <laughs> no, that's not what he says. He doesn't say, go get a Jesus tat. There's nothing wrong with that either. What he says is go make disciples and then be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So again, this is an act of obedience. This is, this is an action step. This is where you and I get to put our faith into action. Jumping back into Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verse 16 through 17. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open and he, hauled, he, and the, he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And there's two things that I really want us to pick up on there. When we read the Bible, we should be looking for patterns and we should be looking for clues. And this one here is like a huge light bulb moment for me. And I didn't notice it at first. I just glanced over it. But it says here that the Holy Spirit, which is mentioned as the dove, is descending. Jesus is there. And that God the Father in heaven says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So we see the son, the father, and the Holy Spirit all in the same place. And anytime the Bible mentions the Holy Trinity together, that should be one of those light bulb moments. Come on, like despicable me. Come on, y'all know. That should be one of those light bulb moments where we see like, hey, this must be important. They it must be trying to tell me something. And this is what I believe that they're trying to teach us in the Bible. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. At this moment in time, in Matthew chapter three, Jesus has done nothing. His ministry hasn't even started. There hasn't been any blind people healed to see. Lame people haven't been made to walk. He hasn't gone to the cross and died on behalf of our sins. And then three days later, God robs the grave and restores us. None of this has happened. All Jesus did was get baptized. Yet God says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Well, why, Pastor Matt? Because baptism was never about performance, but about proximity. Because baptism is supposed to bring us closer to God and his love and his mercy and his grace. And when we take that step of faith and when we get baptized, that's what we experience. We feel God closer than we ever have before. I love what this verse says that this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And again, it's not about good works. It never was. It's all about Jesus and what he's done for us. Baptism is all about going public with your faith. And if you've committed your life to following Jesus, then it's time to go public because we always see baptism come after salvation. And making the decision to become a follower of Christ is the best decision that you'll ever make. And I think for you and I, when we make life-changing decisions, that we don't wanna keep it to ourselves, right? I'm gonna tell you this funny story. I told you all, I got some stories. My buddy Hayden Carroll, he's, he's around here somewhere. He serves on our parking team. He's been telling me and Pastor Nick about these chicken wings, y'all, forever. Like I'm telling, forever. He's like, you gotta go get these buffalo wings. Now, I like chicken wings. I really do. I like watching football, eating chicken wings. But if I were to put like in a group chicken wings, 
they're always like in this same group. There's never any that really surprise me and there's never any that I really like don't like. And so some of you might be mad at me for that. I'm just telling you that's been my personal experience. And so Hayden keeps telling me about these, keep telling me about these. And I'm a plug right here, something really important. My wife and I were going on a date. We were supposed to have a date night, but some things shift, but we still made it a priority to have a day date. Now, fellas, let me tell you, put it on your calendar. Make sure that you date your wife. It's so important. I'm going to do you another favor. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You still got time. <laughs> so go get you a Valentine's Day gift, right? And so we go on this day date and we walk into this place. And my first impression is like, eh, this place don't look so good. However, I will tell you from my experience, when you find a hole in the wall restaurant, usually it's the heat, right? It's off the hook. So good. So we walk in and I order some crispy shoestring fries. I got this delicious thing called golden honey wings and a spicy buffalo garlic wing. I got five of each. I give me a sweet tea and lemonade because I'm an Arnie Palmer guy. How many of y'all like Arnie Palmers out there? That's my favorite drink. The rest of you all are losing right now. You should definitely like Arnie Palmers. And so I give me my, my sweet tea and my lemonade and Britt and I sit down and I eat one of the crispy fries. I'm like, okay, so far so good. Take a swig of my sweet tea. It was delicious. I mean, it was like molasses. It was so thick with sugar. This was like real Southern sweet tea, y'all. And so I finally take a bite of this chicken wing and I just began to drool on myself and the heavens opened and the spirit of God descended. And I was like, this is it. It's the rapture. I'm going to heaven. This is, this is what's happening. So I finished this chicken wing and I immediately, I wiped my hands off. I picked up my phone and I took a picture and I sent it to Pastor Nick and Hayden. And I said, Hayden, you were right. These are the best wings that I've ever had. You want to know why I did that? Because I had a personal experience that I couldn't keep to myself. I had to tell somebody about it. And that's not the only thing, right? I'll give you another example. I love the fly fish. Many of you know that about me. I'm not very good at it, but I still love it. I enjoy it. <laughs> and so there was this time this summer, we were at this place called South Mountains and it was a uh, pastor Nick and I were out there and he was probably like 300 yards down river from me. Cause I didn't want him stealing my fish. So I had to move upstream. Right. <laughs> and so I'm actually literally, I use literally, y'all see that I was, I was literally above a waterfall. And so I'm up there, I'm fishing and I catch this giant rainbow trout and don't be a hater. I got pictures to prove it. I promise it's not a fish story. <laughs> I caught this giant rainbow trout and I was so excited. I netted it, got it in. I'm yelling at him. He can't hear me because the waterfall and all this other stuff. Y'all, I jumped off the waterfall and ran down to him because I wanted to show him the fish that I caught. And I had to get a picture because I knew y'all wouldn't believe me if I didn't have a picture. And I'm thinking about it now. I probably should have put it up on the board, but I got it on my phone <laughs> if you want to see it. Why did I do that? Because I experienced something that was so awesome that I had to share it with somebody. I had to tell somebody what had happened. And you and I's faith is no different. This is the next point that I have for you. If you found hope in Jesus, our faith should be personal, but not private, not private. Our faith is a personal decision that you and I make. God's not a forcer, he's a fulfiller. So don't let somebody force you into that relationship with Jesus. It's a personal decision that you make, but it shouldn't stop there. The next step is baptism. That's when we say, hey, there's something happening inside of me and it's changing me. And I've got to declare it publicly. I've got to let the world know that I've experienced something incredible, just like buffalo chicken wings and rainbow trout. Come on, somebody. Can I get a better amen for that church? Oh, come on, y'all got, y'all killing me. <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching like 37% better than y'all are responding right. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Amen. There we go. Still with me, come on. And so for you and I, if we're in Christ, we're new creations. I love what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. 
The old life is gone and a new life has become. So if we're in Christ, we're new creations. And baptism reminds us that the old is gone and the new has come. It's this beautiful depiction as we go down into the water and we're immersed, we're reminded of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Before we ever loved him, he loved us. He went to the cross and we're reminded of that, that our sins are atoned for and justified. And as we're raised out of the water, we're reminded that the stone was rolled away and three days later, our God robbed the grave, somebody, come on. And it's this beautiful depiction that baptism is. And for many of us, many of us need to start taking those next steps to experience this with God. I see a lot of people sometimes and myself included, I'm not throwing stones, I promise you, I'm not. If you came to church today and you believe that you were coming around a bunch of perfect people, I got news for you, you're wrong. <laughs> Christianity was never about perfect people, but all about a perfect person and a relationship. And sometimes I think that we come to God and we have this, this huge laundry list of things that we want. Man, I hate laundry. <laughs> I come up with a different word. And this, this laundry list that we have, we, we have all these things and we're like, God, I, my marriage is failing. And, can you, can you change her or him or me? And God, could you do something about this? Or, or God, I, my boss, he's, he's a meanie weenie. <laughs> can you do something about it? Can you change it? Or God, my finances, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna pay the bills. And man, I need your help. And we come before God and we bring this long laundry list of stuff. And what we have to remember is that in this new life that we got, when we received Jesus and salvation, God is calling us to take next steps. Because when we take steps of faith, we activate the spirit of God in our lives and we see him perform miracles. And for many of us in this room today, I believe that that's your call today. Maybe you're in here today and your call is to get baptized. Or for many of us or some of us in here, maybe our call is to make a decision for Jesus. Maybe, that, maybe before we take next steps, we need to take that first step of faith and be bold and courageous. As I said earlier, what Paul teaches us in Ephesians 2 is that you and I are not saved by good works, but by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And baptism is this important thing, but before we get to baptism, we always see salvation happen first. So what I'd love to do this morning is I wanna provide an opportunity for you to step out in faith and to say, hey, I wanna decide to follow Jesus. I wanna give my life to him. I, wanna, I don't wanna live in a cookie cutter life. I don't wanna put God in a box anymore, man. I wanna see Jesus do the miraculous in my life. I wanna see God work in a supernatural way. And it all starts with this first step. So church, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you in this room today, would you just boldly raise your hand saying that I wanna follow Jesus. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now church, we don't pray alone. We pray together. So would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, Today, I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for checking out this week's message. If you made any decisions for Jesus or you need a next step or have a prayer request, let us know by going to www.propel.church/hub. That leads you to our digital connect card where you can fill out all of that information. 
as well as see what we have coming up here at Propel. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.